There's a lot of noise out there about Jordan Addison and his game and his size and his speed and his production and his Boletnikoff and all of that stuff. And I want to cut through all that and really get to the crux of Addison's game. So let's have a Jordan Addison X's and O's episode on the Locked On Vikings podcast. You like it on three, one, two, three. You like it! You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal in the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find this show wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including any audio platform, but also YouTube, maybe even Amazon Fire or Roku, if you can download the Locked On Minnesota Sports app. Uh, special shout out to my hashtag everydayers, those of you who actually listen to this show each and every day, especially here in May and June. Super appreciate you guys. But let's get into the show. Uh, so this is going to be a Jordan Addison one. I've been talking about doing this one for a little while now since I put out the Patreon post this weekend about Jordan Addison, um, patreon.com slash Luke Brown NFL for the entire thing. It's like 40 minutes with film and all that stuff. Probably 25 minutes worth of content and 15 of rambling. So, you know, not too different from the podcast. <laughs> and I wanted to kind of revisit Addison from what I did pre-draft because from like clinics and talking to coaches and just kind of being as much of a sponge as possible. I felt like I'd learned a lot and I kind of wanted to bring that to you guys. Um, but let's do that here too. So I'm going to go over a lot of the same stuff as I did in that. If you prefer film and visuals go there. Uh, if you're listening in the car, hello, if you're already, if you're already listening to the show, so you're here. Uh, and there's, I guess three things about Addison that I want to get into. Uh, like three, I guess, major topics. One is kind of the technicalities of route running, like the real nitty gritty technique stuff. What makes a crisp route, right? You know, people say he's a, he's a crisp route runner. He's a smooth route runner. What the heck does that mean? Uh, and the second thing is how he runs against specific coverages. And there's sort of a, a headiness to it. There's a, a kind of strategy that doesn't necessarily show up on the whiteboard. And then the elephant in the room, which is size and speed and how that stuff kind of manifests itself and being Jordan Addison's sort of like primary weakness. Um, but let's start with the good stuff and, and the route running prowess, right? Most every scouting report you would see on Jordan Addison will say he's a good route runner, right? Every video you'll see says, look at this good route, right? Look at him get separation. This is a very good route. But I ask, what makes a good route? And I, I think the answer that you would hear from wide receiver coaches, if you ask them, I mean, probably very wildly, but you probably get some version really often of a plan. A route with a plan is so much better than a route that just hits a landmark and breaks. Um, you need the, the, the latter before you can have the former, right? If you're not hitting the right landmark, if you're not breaking the right way, if you can't hit a landmark and break, then you probably just can't get on the field, right? That is the first thing. But by the NFL level, that should be the expectation kind of co going in that that should be a common denominator. If you can't hit the proper landmark, you probably didn't make it this far. Um, but you know, every once in a while there's guys like Cordero Patterson that are just so uber talented that it doesn't really matter. And then they get into a pro style system and then, you know, that kind of stunts their development. And that was the primary problem with Patterson was when he was in Minnesota um, and kind of why he ended up transitioning more to running back, I guess, if you ask me, uh, I mean, his story is a lot more complicated than that, but I digress. That's one thing. Um, 
Addison checks that box. That's all great. But it's once you do that, then it's a matter of what's your plan, right? And there are so many good answers to that question of what's your plan, but I want to be able to see that you had one and I want to be able to discern what you were thinking, right? Um, there's a couple of reps that are specific that are in the, the, the video version of this that do a really good job of showing that. I talked about one of the things I've talked about with Addison a lot over all the times I talked about him, including pre-draft, was that he's really willing to go off of the route path. You know, if you're running a go route down the the bottom of the numbers, so like the like you're underlining the 10, the 20, et cetera. Um, if you run that go route, a lot of receivers just run straight up and down. Go fast. That's your job. For Addison, especially when it's just like a clear out route, which I, I love this, and I think coaches will will really love this too. When it's like a through route and you're not even in the progression, um, that means you know a go that's just clearing out a guy. All you got to do is get downfield so the safety goes with you because that's what the route concept needs, but you're never seeing the ball unless they bust the coverage. Um, you can still see Jordan Addison like lean off of his route stem just to pull that guy a little bit extra, right? Or if it's like a run play or there's a screen being run behind him, he'll lean it just a little bit further out so that the corner or the safety or whoever has to turn their back to the quarterback. Now, they cannot see what is going on, and uh, they'll never be a part of that screen anymore. You can really guarantee that you've taken that guy out of the play like you were supposed to, whereas you know some guys will just sort of run a route, and if they're defender decides to abandon it because it doesn't really look like they're setting anything up. And it it looks like, man, you're like, this is like really fake. This is, it's like looking at a mannequin and realizing that's not a real face. You know, it's like something's a little too plain here. (laughs) Um, (laughs) that metaphor is probably horrible, (laughs) but like, in a, you know what I'm getting at? Like the a DB can see that and say, Oh, you're not really trying to do anything. This is probably just a clear out. And, I'm I'm going to quick peek at the, is there you know a fast running back coming to the flat is the quarterback doing quick game footwork or something and you'll look and see oh they just dumped one off really fast and it's a bubble screen okay now I'm going to go try to make that play um it's helpful it matters and it's never going to show up on the stats sheet it's never going to be glorious it's never going to you know make it on sports center or whatever um and it's cool to see how much he does it there's there's a, an unselfishness to that Uh, that you don't get with every player and is worth pointing out. But really, what I want to get into with that is the technique, especially at the release. You know, you talk about like press releases. There is a release that he likes to use. I'm going to call it a jab release. There's about 300 different names for it. So if you call it something else, that's fine. Um, But like, let's say you are running a, a post route and you want an inside release for that post route so that you can break it inside or like a basic route or something. So you can break it inside. You want to release inside the corner so that you are to the inside of him. And that way, when you break to the inside, he doesn't have the right position on you. Right? So you take a big jab step to the outside, right? You just like throw your foot to the outside. And what you want is for that to come as far outside as you like flexibly can as like athletically, as far as you can, while still being able to break off break it off to the, uh, to the outside or to the inside. Um, and what you want to do while, while your feet are doing that is you want your shoulders, you want to present square shoulders to the corner, especially if they're in press, because you want them to try to jam you. You want them to try to throw their body up at you. Um, you're kind of, you're, you're giving them bait a little bit. And then after that first step, you turn your shoulders away 
So you you present it to them and then you take it away. Uh, and he does this. This this is good technique that that he does. And it'll lead to wins in the NFL against press, which is the problem. Now, when he gets jammed, when you when you do get a hand on him, it's pretty ugly. Uh, and we'll get more into that with the size and stuff. But he can get his routes totally thrown off by by a good press jam. Um, but you can kind of use that to your advantage, right? You can take that. And if you can get corners really excited about jamming you, too excited about jamming you, you might be able to, to, to bait them into doing it. And then you can get that separation off the release. Um, and then when you just watch like his breakdowns at the top of his routes, you want to see like, um, you, you want to see one foot into the ground. That's kind of the slam on the brake step. And you always see it. It's like straight leg, like really slam that foot into the ground. And then you want one, two. So you want three steps, one big slam into the ground, two, three steps. And on that two, three, their, uh, inside toe should be pointed back at the quarterback. It depends on the route too, but on a, like a curl where you're turning back toward the quarterback, um, their, their inside tour, that second step should be pointed wherever they want their body pointed. So you kind of, it takes a bit of like torque and rotational flexibility to do that. Like if you just try this in the backyard, you know, you just like run and try to like throw a foot out and then your second foot, you have to like turn your ankle around in a weird way. Um, but you're really, you're going to twist yourself up doing that. And when you twist yourself up doing that, uh, if you can get your toe to point toward the quarterback, your body is going to be unnaturally twisted. And then if you sink your hips down into it, that'll kill all your momentum. And then your body will naturally uncoil and it'll follow the direction of your toe. It'll just uncoil to to sort of naturally bring you to exactly the the trajectory that you want. And you can see Jordan Addison doing that. So all of that makes him a really good crisp route runner, right? You can see the savvy route runner, all of those little adjectives that you get. It means that a, there's, there's a plan to what he is doing. There's an understanding of how to attack a DB. There's an understanding of the techniques required to like, there's a polish to it where, you know, he, he, he can do the techniques required to get his body into the place where it needs to be. And then he knows stuff like, you know, come back toward the quarterback after you run a curl, you know, work back to the ball after you run a curl route. He knows the scramble drill rules and all that other stuff. That is mostly just checking boxes, but he checks them all. Um, but I think where it gets really cool is when you you see the big picture of a particular coverage kind of get involved in um, the way that he runs the route. Like you can see that he understands everything that's going on on his side of the field. And he's not just running like a one-on-one against a guy. Um, that's what I want to get into next. But before I do that, uh, let me talk to you about the the savior of my diet, which has been built bar. I, I am a su- such an undisciplined person. Um, I've been trying so hard to eat a little better, you know, take a little bit of better care of my body this spring. And uh, built bar has been absolutely instrumental in that because I, I, I'm weak and I have chocolatey cravings, but a built bar on average is like 130 calories, like four grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein in one of these things covered in hundred percent chocolate. And they're so good. <laughs> it's not fair how good a built bar is considering like how little it will throw your day off. It comes in amazing flavors. My uh, go-to right now is the cookie dough chunk puff, which is like a marshmallowy kind with like little chunks of cookie dough in it. Like you would find in a, in a pint of ice cream. Uh, it's so amazing. 
There's uh, like a cookies and cream. There's salted caramel. There's like a cherry one. There's mint chocolate chip, if you like that. There's all kinds of flavors. Very delicious. You can go and find them at Built.com. Or if you don't want to wait for delivery, you can go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club and pick up a box there. Uh, But, of course, you can always go to Built.com and get it delivered straight to your door if you don't want to get up off the couch like I don't sometimes. (laughs) Built.com. You can thank me later. Thanks again for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day each and every day. Um, I would like to continue on here by talking about the way that Jordan Addison attacks coverages. But you kind of have to like understand a little bit about coverages too. The, the example I used in the Patreon video is the example I'll use here. And I posted a clip to this effect on Twitter as well. The route was a basic against cover two. If you know what those words mean, then you can already kind of visualize it. But a basic is another word for it is like a dig or a deep in um, versus cover two. And uh, on his side, that means there's a safety up over the top and then there's a corner kind of playing underneath him. But everybody kind of knows about like the turkey hole or the honey hole, the whole shot kind of uh, uh, throw that everybody loves, right? That corner route versus cover two. If you ever play Madden, you probably hit it all the time. Um, The reason that works is that the cornerback will never take it. The cornerback gets as deep as he can, but if you ever have something underneath, that corner is responsible for it and has to prioritize it. Um, So the way to run it, and and the safety in cover two, his coaching point is always get as much depth as you possibly can because you're the last line of defense. It's never a decision. So if you see cover two and you see a safety that backpedaled too far, and couldn't make the play on the ball. Honestly, like coaches are never really going to get on them for that. And I think that there is a certain point at which you can say, all right, I got to like actually make a play here. So I got to be in some kind of position, but coaches are kind of never really going to harp it that bad. So you can really split those things. That's why it's the favorite way to attack cover two. And has been for, for 40 years. Cause you can really get, if you can uh, develop that over a little bit of time, you can really stress that underneath corner because that safety is going to be on the moon. And if he's out of the equation, you can really uh, run a corner route deep enough where the corner kind of has to choose between that underneath route. And if I go too deep, I now can't really play against that. I'm going to be coming in too hot to make a tackle and he'll be able to juke me. Um, But at a certain point, like I have to let that deep route go. And that's why the corner route is good. The problem with it is that it's a difficult throw, but in the NFL, most quarterbacks can make it. So it's a much better NFL thing. You know, at the the college level, they kind of go, yeah, they can have that honey hole shot. If that quarterback can make it, bless them. All of that is to say, that is what Jordan Addison set up on this uh, basic. And look, none of this is revolutionary, right? If If you're... Uh, an experienced Madden player, you're going like, yes, I know corners are good against cover two. Um, but the idea that Jordan Addison can fake a corner route, which forces that safety to widen way, way, way out to be able to make a play on that ball just by kind of leaning his route stem to the inside a little bit first, then leaning it back to the outside, just like it looks like a lot of times on these like bendy corners. Um, before then, doing, again, the same good, like, slam on the brakes, one, two, and then exploding out of the break to generate a lot of separation because he's gotten the safety to go the wrong way. He's manipulating defenders 
just by having a good sense of it. And it's certainly not just that example. That's the clearest, cleanest example. So it's the one I always go to. But you can see him do that a lot where he really understands what you're thinking in coverage and he understands what your rules are. Um, he knows like a lot of corners won't react to anything until the receiver is outside of their frame. Um, this is a Richard Sherman. Or there's a really good YouTube video of Richard Sherman explaining this. Um, I think they called it the step kick at Seattle, where you take one step and then you essentially freeze. This is a press alignment thing. You take one step and freeze. And basically that receiver is either coming through you, but you're in press, so it's not like he's uh, you know, got a full head of steam yet or anything, and you can maybe disrupt the timing just by being physical, uh, which worked great for Richard Sherman, right? Or he has to release to one side of you or the other, but to do that, he has to get outside of like your physical frame. He has to get outside of you. So whether he's releasing to the left or to your left or to your right, right? He has to declare it really, really hard. And if that receiver can get outside your frame, then cut back to the inside, bless him, he's probably going to beat you. But if he's not that freaky kind of athlete, which by the way, Justin Jefferson could do that. That's part of what makes him really hard to cover. Um, but if you can't do that, then you're probably going to be able to be in a good position and you're never, ever, ever going to react to little head fakes or little leans or, or you know, kind of half-baked releases. If you're going to go somewhere, you have to really like declare that you're going to go there before I react to it as the corner. So understanding that that's the rule... Jordan Addison, who he's he's not JJ, right? He's not releasing so far to the outside that he's p taking people, you know, into next week before he releases inside. Um, but he'll stem the route and lean it all the way out and say, oh, no, I am going to be out your frame. I'm, I really am squeezing the sideline here. And then you either take it seriously and get yourself out of position or you don't take it seriously and he turns on the jets and he gets by you. Um, and then he can kind of restack that back onto his route path. And again, he's willing to go really, really far outside the route path to do these things. You know, with, with the, the basic versus cover two, you're supposed to hit a landmark and cut in. And he, he really leans that landmark way far outside and then, and then cuts in. But he's doing it with a purpose. And he's really good at making it so the quarterback doesn't have to, like, adjust his spacing or anything like that. Like, he's not making life harder on his quarterback. He's just making it a lot harder to read what he's doing. And, and that is what makes him a really exciting prospect to me. Now, the concerns with him are well-documented. He's a very small receiver, and he doesn't have elite speed. And that's, like, a thing. Um, but let me tell you how that thing manifests, because I'm not satisfied, really, with, you know, it's a thing. Uh, that tends to have wide receivers with similar profiles that generally in generalities, you know, are generally not as good. Like I, I, I want to show you physically how that manifests the problem it prevents. And then, yeah, some wide receivers can solve that problem. Some can't. So you're going to have more wide receivers fail because they can't solve that problem. But I think it's good to understand like how this actually plays out. So yesterday I was talking about Makai Blackman and the idea of catch technique, which I'm going to talk about more. I think if I talk about Jay, whenever I do Jay Ward, which might be tomorrow, uh, might not be, but whenever <laughs> we'll talk about that, cause that's a big tool in his arsenal. Um, but basically it is a very high risk, high reward way of playing, um, where you don't really backpedal. You just kind of keep the guy in front of you and you're essentially, 
forcing a collision, basically, and you want him to run into you so that you don't get an illegal contact penalty, but you have a right to your space. You put your hands on him, you have a right to your space. And then you can put your hands on him, get really physical, disrupt timing, and, you know, get him, right? And if he tries to go up and through you, you can sort of then turn and run with him. But if he's really fast, you can't really get away with that, right? You can't just, like, stand there and let him blow by you and hope you can catch up. You got to not really respect his speed to do that. And you see a lot of corners playing that way against Jordan Addison. Um, now, sometimes they get punished. In particular, Caillou Blue Kelly played this against Jordan Addison. It went real bad. So they went a little bit too far with it and they got punished, which is nice. It's good that, you know, hey, you can't do this all day. If you're a 4-3 guy, you can do this because you can maybe catch up. But not if you're Caillou Blue Kelly who ran a 4-5-2. Five, five, um so there's a limit to how much of a problem this is. But really, it, that problem is a setup to the size problem because if you can get your hands on Jordan Addison, like I said before, if you can get a good shock and do his pads, if you can play catch technique or if you just want to you know, sit there and play really physical before five yards, all of that stuff um, can really get him. He's just a small guy, and it changes the way that he has to play. A lot of the stuff I talked about before, why he's going around and um, leaning his routes off his path and doing all of the stuff. Sometimes that's just to get around a defender. Again, against like cover two, the corner will be playing. I, I the word I use is squat. It's a little different everywhere. Um, but that's going to be an underneath cornerback. And if he sees Jordan Addison going deep past him, a lot of in a lot of cover two situations or even some cover three situations, if you're coming out of the slot, that player's uh, job will be to wall you or to redirect you. So that's get your hands on him and kind of just push him off his path. Just screw him up somehow, right? You're not really trying to cover him or doing it. You're passing him off to a safety, but you just kind of want to, hey, get, you know, go have a little trouble, right? Um, that is something that Addison can't sustain against as well as somebody like KJ Osborne, for example. Uh, Kent's, he's a bigger guy, you know, Good luck redirecting him. He's jacked. Uh, Jordan Addison's a little scrawnier, so it, it works a little better against him. Um, and so when he's getting by those underneath defenders, you know, KJ Osborne could just run his route and say, yeah, get your hands on me all you want. I don't care. I'm just going to blow through you. Jordan Addison has to kind of work that into his plan for the route running. And he can. He, he has a good plan and he can solve that problem, but he, but he has to. And the reason that wide like it, it, thinking practically take all the the small wide receivers and sort them out between small wide receivers with elite speed and small wide receivers without elite speed well the ones with elite speed it doesn't really matter if you bump them off their path because they're just so damn fast they can get back to their landmark anyways um the ones with just fine speed this is where addison is is at uh, are going to have to move things around a little. The ones without any speed at all, if they're just small and slow, they're probably just not that good at football. <laughs> but, you know, the ones in the middle, um, you probably have to separate that group out again between people who know how to get around a, a you know, a catch defender or a wall defender redirect, trying to redirect you. Um, there are the, the receivers that know how to get around that. That's Addison. I think that's Zay Flowers, too, in this class. Um and then there's the ones who can't. And so of that group, 
of kind of small but middling speed, you're going to have all these people who are just destined to fail because they cannot overcome that problem. And that's, of course, going to draw all the averages down and stuff. But if you separate it into guys that are small, decent speed, but they can get around a guy because they are, their routes have a plan. I don't know how you categorize those guys, but I'm sure you would see a little bit better numbers there if you sorted it again further. And it's not really good analytics, but I'm trying to think you, I'm trying to give you a, a way to think about it that's more specific and a little bit more concrete than, hey, here's a trait that tends to map onto failure, or here's a trait that tends to map onto success over the zoomed out grand scheme of all wide receivers ever. Because we're talking about one guy here. And once you zoom into one guy, I think those tools become a little bit less useful, right? What, what's, what uh, data set is ever going to feel like it's doing its job when you zoom into one data point on it? Um, and I think you have to think a little bit more practically when we're doing that, which is what we're doing here when we're talking about Vikings draft picks, right? We're talking about one guy among the data set. Um, that's generally how it maps out the the other thing that i i can't stand watching him block uh or try to block he he gets bullied around i mean sometimes he'll just get into a blocking match and he'll just get like shoved off real bad he'll just get embarrassed right and by like d-backs it's really gross uh but the other thing he'll do and i think this might just be a way usc taught stuff uh is when he did when he would block um you know when you're teaching say a lineman to block and, and that lineman is kicking out and getting into space. You're teaching him, all right, go find a guy and break him. Go break his ribs. Like, go hit the crap out of him, right? You want him to, you put your all in that. You hit that guy. And they're kind of on the defense teaching him the same thing. You know, they're going to come hit you. When you teach an offensive lineman something like a pass pro set, it's a little bit more of, hey, be in a position and go be an obstacle and, and you know, hold your ground a little bit. And there's all these little techniques you can do to absorb contact, but you have to be ready to absorb contact. You can't get out and start trying to fly off at people because you're going to miss a bunch and it's just not going to be worth it. It works better if you do that, if you hinge block or whatever, or like on the backside of a run play, uh, you know, they'll call that a hinge block, which is basically a pass set. Um it's a little bit more of a passive way to play in situations where you kind of just need to be in the way. You don't need to go smack that guy and move him. You just need to not get moved yourself. Jordan Addison plays the latter way when he goes out and run blocking. He sets up and, you know, he'll strafe and he'll get his shoulders, you know, his feet shoulder width apart and he'll get his hands out ready to accept contact and then gets balled over because he's a little guy. Um, He's got a lot of fight and a lot of want to in him. So I, I think that you can teach him that you can just it, like it's something that can be fixed with a conversation. Um, you don't even need to drill it. Just say, hey, we want you to go start hitting guys instead of getting hit. You know, be the hammer, not the nail. And I think he, he'll just take that. And there you go. There was a story from I, I can't remember if it's something that was from my research when I did the Everyman series on him or if it was something Mark Culkin said in that episode. But it's in that episode somewhere where he was, uh, I think it was at Pitt, or maybe it was with Chris Carter in that episode, but he was at Pitt, and uh, he had run some route, and his wide receiver, maybe it was high school, and his wide receiver coach said, uh, it was at some point, his wide receiver coach said, okay, I want you to fix these three things about, you know, I want you to do A differently, B differently, C differently. And he said, okay, let me show you that. And he implemented all three notes at once 
which is like really crazy. Like, I don't know how many of you play golf, but if you've ever had a golf instructor tell you to do something different, it takes you like a lot of time to kind of get that worked into your like uh, your, your process and into your mechanics and get a muscle memory for it. And him just like folding in three things immediately. That's a really adept learner. That's like in the actual definition of IQ, high IQ. Um, so I think that the, his capacity to learn stuff like that is something I'm not only not worried about, but actually pretty excited about. So as being as fair as possible, about the size and the speed and all that stuff, I'm super excited about Jordan Addison. I, I really think that he has the kind of flexible athleticism, the, the torque twist yourself up thing that you need to have. Um, he's polished and savvy and all the other route running cliche words you want to use. And hopefully you kind of understand more about what that means. Uh, and he's just smart and you can go a long way in the NFL if you're smart and you just need to be athletic enough to sort of execute what your brain sees. And he is it's really cool. I, I think he can really punish some of those two high looks, uh, be the guy that, um, you know, that, that Kevin O'Connell needs to punish the things that defenses are going to do to stop Justin Jefferson, because they're going to sell out to stop Justin Jefferson. And it's not about getting the ball to Justin Jefferson anyways, like it kind of was last year. It needs to be about punishing those things with the rest of your offense. And I think Jordan Addison's a huge piece of that. So I'm really excited to see what this kid can do. Um, it shouldn't surprise anybody that, you know, O'Connell came out and said he's ahead of all the other rookies. I, he's a brainiac, man. I, yeah, that totally tracks. So I am stoked on Jordan Addison. I hope you're stoked on Jordan Addison too. Uh, and if you disagree, that is also completely okay. This is a safe space. <laughs> I don't know what I'll talk about tomorrow. It might be Jay Ward. I'm actually pretty jacked on Jay Ward uh, after after watching him. I've got a Patreon thing coming out next week on him, so maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll do something else. We'll keep an eye on the news and all that stuff. But uh, until tomorrow, take care of yourself. And as always, scroll.